Imagine your new bathroom, a sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. The Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast from Mickey D's. From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required. Save it. 
everyone wants gorgeous things, expensive things, lovely things. Everyone wants fabulous things, beautiful things, everyone else's things. Okay, everybody, Matt Connerton Unleashed, and uh, we've got a very special guest with us on the phone. Uh, we just played a track, uh, There is a Wolf in California, from Daniel Willett and the Shobijin, a uh, new disc called The Enchantment Songs to Sing Whilst You Sharpen Your Pencil. And Daniel Willett is actually on the line with us right now. How are you, Daniel? <laughs> I'm great, thank you, and thank you for having me. Did, did I? Oh, absolutely. Glad to have you on. Did I say that right, Shobijin? I know we talked about it before the interview, and then I'm so afraid that I overthought it and then screwed it up. <laughs> no, you were perfect. Okay. Absolutely perfect. You said it perfectly. Well, well thank you. Um, Daniel, where are you from? Um, well, I'm from Massachusetts. I grew up in a small town called Lakeville, but I'm currently living in Fall River. Okay. But I, I don't like to tell too many people that. <laughs> so I'm from Massachusetts. Right, right. Okay, gotcha. Well, we won't tell. It'll, it'll be just between us. Well, actually, this show has, you know, tens of listeners. But, uh... <laughs> well, now so, they know. Yeah, that's right. Now they all know. So, um, tell me... Well, actually, first, uh kind of the obvious question why um why the the show Bijin? because your your prior work has been strictly as a solo artist correct uh yeah, well, the, well the last the last ep from 2010 was with the show Bijin as well and it started out where uh, what i had done was i brought in guest vocalists so every song had a different vocalist okay and um so the Shobijin is in reference to the singing fairies from the Godzilla films um, that, that sing to Mothra. So that's kind of where, the, that's how I came up with that name for the singers. Um, so then one of the guest vocalists stayed on, and we've been, um, you know, first it was just she and I for, for the first year, and then I thought, let's start bringing in other musicians. Yeah. And so, um, you know, to sort of, um, you know, I always feel like I'm being arrogant when I say this, but I have kind of a big voice. And so the synth music sometimes, especially live, it sometimes isn't, I don't know, strong enough or, or something to that effect. So I started bringing in other musicians to sort of beef up the sound and, um, also, it adds, because I use sequencing, it adds a little bit more spontaneity to the music, because the singing has plenty of spontaneity, sure. but the music, the music is always the same arrangement, because I'm using synth uh, sequencers, and, and, and so that's, the show region is in, in reference to the singers, and, and for example, we did a series of shows, and we're going to do some more, um, and they'll be backup singers and, and guest musicians. Now, one of the singers, uh, actually, I believe, uh, the last time I saw you live was uh, when my um, previous project, Chemical Distance, we played a show with you in the Boston area. And um, I believe, uh, what's her name? Uh, one of these girls looks very familiar to me. Oh, that's right. That is correct. Cheryl was with me at the time. That, that, that was right after releasing... Uh, the last disc, I think. Okay, I think. Was yes. It, a year ago? it was two years ago, wasn't it? It's was pr probably closer to two years now, yeah. Yeah, it, I think it was, it was at church and it was in the fall, wasn't it? You're right, yes, yes. 
September or maybe it was even late summer. Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And um, yeah, she and it, it was a nice surprise too because I didn't know that uh, that there had been this change in your live show. I didn't know that she was going to be there with you, and it really added a cool dynamic to the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, I like lots of voices and singing, and you know, I I imagine that it can become very unpleasant to listen to just my voice only. So <laughs> I figured, it, you know, I, I start bringing in some other voices. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you um, now? I I think your voice is very pleasant, but how do you describe your vocal style? Because it's definitely unique. I mean, there's something almost sort of operatic about it. Uh, w- would that be a good word to, to use to describe it? Or yeah, I guess that's one way to 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 describe it. So on this re- record, I was trying to sort of work on different sort of phrasings and techniques um, because uh, I didn't, you know, I don't want to. If you sort of oversing something and you're always at full throttle, it can become very annoying. But I guess I guess it is a little bit operatic. Um, uh, I, I guess there's some sort of trace of, um, I don't know, I, I, I'm always told that I should sing on Broadway, although that horrifies me. Really? Um, <laughs> it, it really horrifies me to sing songs written by other people for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, you know, I just, I just call it, uh, you know, pop singing. I, I don't really know any other... Um, way to describe it. Yeah, because there's really nobody who, nobody I can think of anyway who who really who sounds like you. It, it, it's unique for this for this genre. Um, and 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 actually, well, let me ask you: Has anyone ever told you, you know, the way you sing? It kind of reminds me of so and so. Or have you ever gotten that? Yes, yes. Um, comparisons uh, sometimes. You know, and these are comparisons other people made. I, I, right. I'm not, you know, I'm not boasting anything here, but comparisons to um, David Bowie, um, Roxy Music, um, Arthur Brown. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was once called the, the as if uh, the B-52s and Klaus Nami had a child. <laughs> um and what was another vocal style? There was someone else. Someone once told me I sounded like Barry White. No kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's cool. So um, mm-hmm. now what about the, uh, this is probably really tricky, but how do you, and everyone hates this question, but how do you describe your music in terms of, uh, I mean, it, it's almost probably really difficult to even try to assign it to a particular genre. I mean, how do you describe what you do? Because I don't know anyone who sounds quite like you do either in terms of the music. I say electropop. Yeah. I say new wave. Um, I will mention that, you know, because there are a couple different styles going on. And I remember yeah. playing in Lowell a show with with chemical distance and there was a nice lady who was with you um and i don't remember her name and she said that many of the songs you know the songs went from different styles so um there was electro pop there's there's new wave there's there's of um 
world music because I love lots of world music and a little bit of new age as well. Sure. Uh, but when I'm asking or when I'm doing any kind of promotion, I just sort of peg peg it as electro pop. Yeah. Does um in terms of playing out, is it is it a challenge for you to find um, other uh, groups or solo artists who you're you're really compatible with in a live setting? Because what you do is so unique. Because in addition to the, obviously the music is is unique, and it's hard to. I mean, I, I have trouble uh, saying you know it's it's this or that in, in terms of um, in terms of, of a genre. You you explain it pretty well, but um, is that a challenge for you? Not not so much in terms of fitting in with what other people are doing during the live show, but just just the process of talking to promoters, talking to booking agents. Is it? challenging to kind of get across what it is that you're doing um it was in the beginning but not any longer that's good i think i think that we've been doing it enough and the other thing is if one place doesn't want us or is not interested or i'm or they're not really understanding what is happening we i just move on to somewhere else yeah um but no, not really. You know, I, That's good. last fall into this early spring, we played about seven shows, and I would say I probably booked about three of them, yeah. and the rest were all by invitation. So, That's great. Um, but as far as promoters go, I, I'm not, you know, I do all of, most of all of the booking myself. I've never, I've never really I try, I've never really tried to um, find a booking agency so or, or, a promo, or a promotion company or anything like that. So it's it's starting to get to the point where I feel like I need to. Yeah. But, um, but at the moment, I haven't tried. But I don't really know. I just I just simply explain. You know, electro pop elements of what I, you know, what I explain to you. I, I show them our website. I, I tell them some quotes and explain uh, what the live show is going to be like. And yeah, and um, I haven't been told no in quite some time. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. So you're in a good position then. And I, I want uh, listeners uh, who are hearing this to know too that. You know, your live show, um, obviously the, the music that you do is really interesting and cool and different, but also the show itself, you know, there are some really cool elements to it. Um, you know, I, I, theatrical, I know, is kind of an, an overused word sometimes in this industry to des- to describe stuff. But, I mean, how do you describe what, what actually happens during the show itself? Because it's not just you going out there and, and you and, and the show Jin going out there and singing. There's more to it than that. I mean, there's there's definitely something visual happening there. Right. Well, there's visual and, there, and, there, and there's also interactive yes, as well. Yes. Um, but... I mean, I start off with, you know, it, it's a pop show. The music is the most important, of course. Yes. Um, but I, you know, I figure that I love to perform these songs. And, and, and I'm a bit of a, I don't know what you call that word. I guess the word is ham, but um, <laughs> when it comes to performing anyway. So the best way for me is, you know, I like to move a bit, mm-hmm. and I like to see what people are doing, and what they're wearing, and, and if 
they're paying attention or not or or um so I bought myself a cordless mic. Yeah. <laughs> um and for example Saturday we did a show and it it was just it was um good fun. You know, we we had streamers, we had the crowd waving banners, we we gave out false mustaches. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. The whole crowd was wrapped up in lights. Um we were singling out people with flashlights. I handcuffed somebody to me. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's you know, the, I guess, I guess you could say it's theatrical, but it's very interactive. Yes. And I just feel like it's the best way to get people interested in music they've never heard before. Yeah, yeah. Because if you can rope them in with songs they've never heard before, it, to me, it's it's such a big feat. You know, it's it's almost taking the element of what many um, cover bands do. You know, some of them come and they get really cheesy with certain things, and mm-hmm. you know, they're giving out horns and tambourines and things <laughs> like that. So, um, and it's. You know, it's fun. Uh, you're supposed to get out of the house and have fun. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So, um, and and we've been sort of hitting more of a, a lighter side with the music because you know, compared to probably the first CD you ever heard of mine, it was much darker. Yeah, yeah. Well, the first song that uh, I ever heard, the first Daniel Willett song I ever heard was "Helicopters Stop Ruining My Life." Mm. I, I believe that's the title. And, uh, yep, that's correct. And and I, which which immediately had me hooked on what you were doing because I just loved it. I remember reading the lyrics and I was just, this is awesome. <laughs> it was so it was so weird, but but it was funny and it it's very engaging. And um, in terms of the show being interactive, has it been that way from the beginning, from when you first started performing, or is that something that kind of developed over time? Um. Let me think back to my first foray into show. I I was always a bit well. You know what? My first couple shows, I um, I played it to keyboard. Yeah. You know, and I am clumsy. Um, as far as uh, I dread playing the keyboard and piano in front of people. Really? Um, and I will do it if I have to, but that, that's where I really start to crumble when I, when people are watching me play an instrument. No um, kidding. And because I feel like singing takes so much of the energy that I, I don't know how people do it, how they split up between singing and playing at the same time. I really don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I started to use... Uh, I started to use memory on my synth for some of the songs so I could move around. Yeah. And then it occurred to me, maybe I'll start using a laptop and show slides. Um, and then from there, I started making, I started shooting video and putting the music to video. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I don't know what next I will do, but... Um, so in the very beginning, there were there were elements, but not as much as there has been. Sure, sure. In the past, so past year or so. Yeah. And having the show begin with you now, obviously, in addition to they're they're adding vocal dynamics, but I would, I would imagine too that um, that must open up more freedom in terms of what you can do visually, and and I notice that. 
uh, too, when you had, uh, um, I'm sorry, I, for, I forget her name already. Cheryl. Cheryl. Um, when you had Cheryl at, at, at the show, the last time I saw you, you know, one of the songs, there was interaction where you and Cheryl were kind of singing back and forth to each other, from what I remember. And, and so having uh-huh. them with you must kind of open that up, too, where th- there's, there's more you can do visually because you have um, more people. Of course, you're interacting with the audience anyway, too. So I, I guess you really kind of everyone in the room is, is, um, is involved to some extent. Oh, yeah. See, it, whether they're up front dancing or cowering in the back, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> or trying to get out of the room. Um, Have you ever had that? On or... Saturday, two, two guys thought they were going to leave without saying goodbye. Oh, really? Yes. Uh, <laughs> so I had to go to the door. and I was singing on the sidewalk, too. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, the music was in, so everybody's inside, and I'm on the sidewalk singing to the passerby. That's, that's um, great. <laughs> that's something uh, you don't see often. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, it helps quite a bit. And, for example, I'm, I, I'm just going to use the past couple shows, because we've had quite, like on Saturday, we ha- we played in Boston, and... Um, we, uh, we had two show beats, and we, uh, we had Cheryl, and then we had a guest vocalist, Anne-Marie Cleary, who was actually the lead singer, or one of the lead singers of a really cool band called Anarch Angel. Oh, okay. Um, and she's a trained vocalist as well. Um, so it was really great having her along with us. Um, we could do some other vocal arrangements as well. Um, and then we had a bass player, and we had... Um, a guitarist. Actually, yeah. the guitarist is, his name is Kevin Mulcair, and he plays in the same band with Anne-Marie. Oh, and then okay. the bass player is my brother-in-law. Oh. Um, so, it, you know, it was nice and full, and, um, you know, not only was I throwing streamers, but so were the women, and, and they have different things that they, that um, I can have them do as well, and they do these, you know, they've come up with a little bit of choreography, and, <laughs> um, and you know, so, so that's really, it, it's really become very, um, maybe not it's still odd, but not as odd. Perhaps it's even easier. Yeah. Uh, because it, it's, you know, I can understand the weirdness of this guy coming in with a computer and just standing there singing. That would be really strange. <laughs> um, and not that it would be bad, but for, for some, right. they would appear it as being odd. Yes, yes. Um, and, of course, for many people who are musicians... They may see it as being a hack, you know, always just standing there singing off of, you know, this is like karaoke. I mean, forgetting that, you know, every song that we perform, except for maybe the one-off cover here or there, is something that I've written. And and I sit down at the keyboard and I I write a song. Um, I don't use programs. Um, I just, you know, I'll make up some... um, I mean, I will find a few things, but I'll make up my bass lines and I will make up my my um, you know my, my loops and, and 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 or I'll just sit and co- sit and play the song out completely so it's still you know I write in a very old-fashioned way I, I'm terrible with actually um, I've gotten a few programs for writing music and I'm not very good at that at all really yeah yeah well it doesn't really feel like I'm writing a song yeah yeah 
And, and, I, and I'm not going to devalue someone else's uh, way of expressing. I, I don't want to say that for them it may feel comfortable. Sure. But for me it doesn't. Yeah. Um, and then I took up teaching myself how to play the dulcimer. So there's some songs with dulcimer on it. Now, so everything that you record, is that all you? Do you, do you have any other musicians, or is is that all you uh, on the recordings? Uh, on this latest CD, um, there, let's see, there, um, there are a few guitarists. Oh, okay. So there's guitar. Um, there's a bass player on several of the tracks. Mm -hmm. I have... Um, well, let's see. I have Elizabeth Laurie and Albert Gray. They're playing guitar. So there's a. We took away. Um, you might remember on the Superman song, we took away the loop that I was using because it just didn't seem strong enough. Um, so we brought in a guitarist to really push that sound. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Albert Gray and Elizabeth Laurie, who actually is the recording engineer and also co-produced this with me, so I brought in. Um, you know, my brother-in-law played the bass, Jimmy Sylvia. Um, I had a musician from, and maybe you've met him before. Do you know Joseph Carringer? Joe he Carringer, yes. I've, I've, I've interviewed him. He the, the plays the, the didgeridoo, yes. Yeah, well, if, if go, uh, go ahead and give Ghost in a Jar another listen, because remember, it was on Monsterland, and, and I'm sorry, but I can't listen to that version anymore, because I really... You know, Monsterland was just a bunch of demos remastered. That's yeah. all it was. Yeah. Um, so we took that, and we got rid of some of the noises. I mean, we just re-recorded the whole song. I wrote a bass line for it. I added... Um, Oh, uh, I did a little riff with the dulcimer, and Joseph Carringer plays the the uh, didgeridoo. I'll be damned. <laughs> I'll have to go back and listen to that again. That's that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and then we've got accordion and violin. Okay, so this is this is a, a pretty big production then. I mean, in terms of um, of what you've done before, yeah. Because I remember listening because Monsterland that was the first uh, disc of yours that I ever heard, and yeah, it was it was very um, the production was very sparse, uh, certainly compared to this. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I can't. Um, I honestly, I, I I listened to Monsterland once last year, and I listened to it once this year. Yeah, and I don't. Outside of a few of the tracks, I don't really. You know, I mean, it's really kind of odd to listen to your own music all the time anyway, but I'll pop in one of my discs every once in a while sure. just to see, you know, I want to see how well it holds up and do, do I listen to it and say, should I have done something else? And, and I don't feel that way about this CD or the one before it. Yeah. Um, the, the EP from two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but, yeah, no, there, there's, there's quite a bit of let me see what I've got several singers and and um, and there's this track track number three I brought in my nieces and nephews oh no kidding um, on uh, Forever Disney yeah <laughs> Forever Disney yeah that's a song about Walt Disney's frozen head yeah that's that's an interesting track I dig that it's not uh, 
judging from the title and and what it actually sounds like, I, I it was not uh, it wasn't what I expected, which was cool. Oh, yeah, no. Well, I mean, I figured the children would add a creepier element to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the baseline is amazing. My my brother-in-law did just such a great job, and that song comes from. Well, first of all, Walt Disney's head is not frozen. It, it's an urban legend. Yeah, that's uh, Ted Williams, right? Ted Williams is the one with the frozen head. But, but Ted Williams' head is, you know, people use it for whatever, <laughs> football practice. They were playing, yeah, they were doing something with it they weren't supposed to be doing, yeah. Dented yeah, it up a yeah, little bit. Yeah, they a hot potato or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess if you're but, uh, there and you're in the room and no one's around, you know, eh, why not? Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, I'm not a baseball not, fan, so, so I don't the care. Forever Disney trick, I was in a... Um, how, what do you call those things? Uh, I was invited to a songwriting circle, which I was very excited about because for years all my friends would be in these songwriting circles, and of course, what you needed to own was an acoustic guitar to right. be in them, um, which you know makes me hold a grudge against acoustic guitars. But that's a whole <laughs> other story. Yeah. Um, so the the man who ran it asked me, and I was. You know, it's honored, and this is great, and finally. So, of course, I used the synth, but I used the dulcimer, too. It was the first song I ever wrote on the dulcimer. Yeah. Um, and the theme was Brands New Forever. And I said to myself, oh, people are going to be coming in with love songs. Mm-hmm. I'm not coming in with a love song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so forever Disney, and it was written again rather quickly. Really? Yeah. No, it's 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 good. I, I definitely dig it. Um, Thank you. Now, how many uh, how many albums have you recorded now? Is this your fourth? Well, uh, let me think. Oh gosh. Now, do you want me to count albums I made years ago that I never ever published, or mm-hmm. just ones I've released? No, just ones you've actually put out. Okay, um, well, I, back, let's see, I did, uh, let's see, I guess I would say Monsterland is, is available, mm-hmm. um, Kaiju Carnival is available on iTunes, Yeah, uh, and that's an EP, um, but you know it has to be The Vampire. Um, I still have those discs. You can get that on Amazon, uh, iTunes, all of those places. Oh, good. Baby, and then the Enchantment. Mm-hmm. Um, now there are a couple of discs that I used to sell online that I've stopped selling online, um, but they're not really, you know, they're not available anymore, and they and none of them were mastered properly. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's why I sort of pulled them, and that's where Monsterland comes from. I, I just took a bunch of things I had worked on before and had them mastered, and and um, I just, you know, I, I just sell it for two dollars, and whoever wants it can. You know, some people really like that sort of, um, as you said, sparse, and it's you can hear, you know, you can hear all of the mistakes that I made as learning how to record and be my own producer and that's really why I started bringing in other people to help me record it's 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 very funny because like I said I'm not as technically inclined as maybe it might seem really yeah <laughs> did um uh, let me um let me ask you um what where um where do your 
Well, let me ask you this first, actually. This is what I'm really curious about. The monster thing. I mean, did you grow up watching monster movies? Because I'll, I'll, you, you seem to, from what I've seen, have a little bit of a, a fixation with monsters. Did you did you oh, grow up yeah. watching those yeah, old Godzilla sexual, movies? That's what I am. I just I'm in love with monsters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yes, you know. Uh, where did you grow up, Matt? I actually, well, I grew up in New England in, in the Boston area. So, in, in it's, okay. So I I grew up uh, seeing. Uh, I remember was it? It was either Channel fifty six or thirty eight had a creature double feature. My friend, creature double feature. Yes. Yes. Yep, that that's exactly you know. Um, they show Godzilla yeah. versus Rodan and all those oh, old gosh, movies with yes, the yes, with the yes, really yes. bad so dubbing. That, that's really where that whole thing comes from. And also, I still watch. I probably watch a monster movie once every two weeks. Yeah, just for the heck of it. I mean, they're so. And of course, the translations are just hilarious. <laughs> and um, and. You know, there are some of the newer ones that have been made that the visuals and the you know the special effects are incredible. Yeah. Um, except the storylines are so bad. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's Just too that's bad. True. But um, yes, yeah, that's really where that all comes from. Um, just that whole sort of fantasticness about about monster movies and and um, I like it. Yeah, yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. I, I um, and and I try to tweak the the ideas as we go because I don't want everything. You know, I don't want everything to be you know giant monster one, giant monster two, vampire this, vampire that because people can overdo. Sure. I was just having this conversation with someone recently about they knew someone who was in a goth band and everything was vampire, 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 vampire. And after a while, you just you, know, you just want to run a stake through someone's heart. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But exactly. The title of the last DP, the vampire, uh, but you know I have to be the vampire, comes from when I was a little kid, and we used to play house on the on the what do you call that the uh, recess time, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I had some friends, and the, the tallest friend named Anne was the mother, and then the shortest friend, um, his name was Scott, he was the baby, and, and then the one was the sister, and one, the other one was the aunt, and so I was tall, as tall as Anne, so they all wanted me to be the... The vampire? Father. Oh, okay. No, the father. Oh, gotcha. But I refused. Yeah. I refused, and I said I had to be the vampire. Oh, okay. Oh, oh that's cool. <laughs> And and I and to this day I've never played the dad. I was the vampire. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, well Daniel uh, Barnabas Collins. To hell with you, Johnny Depp. And there you go. Happy movie. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, um, what do you have coming up? Do you have some shows coming up that you want to mention? Oh sure, yes. Why we have? Let me see. What is the title of this? We have the Throw Your Enchantment Into the Sea tour, and we are doing a tour with Salem bass band or, uh, Orange Nicole, who I suggest you go listen. They're fabulous, um, and they're going to be coming out with an EP. Okay. Um, what did I say it was called? You can throw your enchantment into the Spearmint Sea. Let me get that straight. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so we sort of mixed our, the two titles of our albums together to call the tour that was starting June 1st oh, okay. um, in Providence, Rhode Island, and we're playing at a place called the Brooklyn Coffee and Tea House, um, and 
we're going June 3rd to a place called Goodbye Blue Monday in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, then June 4th, um, playing, we're playing at a place called Connie's Rick Rack in Philadelphia. Um, then we're turning around, and this particular date is tentative at the moment, but which is, you know, it's so close, but yet it's yeah. still tentative. June 6th at Ralph Steiner in Worcester. Oh, very good. And then June 7th at the 11th in Northampton, uh, which is one of my, you know, I love to play in Northampton. And um, we were in a competition last year, like a battle of the bands. We made it all the way to the end. To the end, we were in the big finale and then ended up being fourth. Oh, no kidding. Which isn't bad out of 35 bands. No, not bad at all. And, you know, and we were the only ones who were the way that we were. Yeah, <laughs> <Like> yeah. <that laughs> um, and then we're ending June 8th at PA's Lounge in Somerville, Massachusetts. Excellent. So you got a, you got a nice, little, uh, nice little trek there. That's great. Yeah, yeah. And we've applied for, to be in some festivals, so I'm hoping to hear from those mm -hmm. uh, in Canada, actually. Oh, very good. And... Um, you know, I'll just keep plugging on until until I feel like right before it's no longer fun or I feel like I'm not able to keep it fresh or good because I want to stop while it's still good. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't want to be Aerosmith. <laughs> yeah, well said. I know that those are death words for, for, you know, to say in New England, but oh my God. Well, uh, I don't know. I, I, I know a lot of people who, who feel that way, so... I don't. I don't know if that's. I don't know if that's quite so dangerous to say around here. <laughs> around here, we'll see what their new album brings. But uh, so now, are all these tour dates? Are these all on your website? All on the website, DanielWallet.net. Okay. Oh, was that okay to say? <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. Please, yeah. And um, for the spelling impaired, can can you spell that? Because uh, some people might not know how to spell uh, Willette. Oh, okay. Um, Daniel D A N I E L. And then O U E L L E T T E dot net N E T it rhymes so there you go Daniel dot net oh that's true it does rhyme <laughs> and I was on the site earlier it's a very nice site and there's a, a lot of good stuff on there so I encourage any cool. everyone to uh, check it out and uh, of course uh, people can find you on Facebook as well and uh, mm -hmm. and you mentioned you have uh, uh, stuff up on on iTunes and whatnot so. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, there are videos too. There are videos to each of the tracks. Oh, there are really. Um, oh, uh, look at we, those. I mean, either they're video we shot, or it's um, stuff I pulled out of public domain archive. And um, one of my favorite videos is for El Principe Solitario. It's, I love that song. And go back and listen to it again because the violin playing is, is phenomenal. Malika Fitzberg. Okay. Uh, no, Fitzhugh. Sorry, plays the um, violin and, and she. I wanted it to sound as sad as um, a flamenco song. So it's not flamenco, but you can maybe hear those elements or, or, or Arabic or Spanish folk music, something like that. But um, but the video is this man who's just really upset, and the whole song is about being married and how very sad and depressing it can be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very interesting. <laughs> I'll have to go back and check that out. Uh, what do you mean? All the married people I know are like super happy. 
Not, well, some are, but not, some people grow apart. Yeah, that's true. No, I'm kidding. I don't. I, I've never been married. I, it doesn't appeal to me. But um, no, I'll, I'll definitely go back and uh, and give that a listen. And uh, so, yeah, and actually, I'll, I'll look at all those videos. That's really cool. I didn't realize it. So every single track has a video. Every single one. That's awesome. Very cool. Very cool. Well, Daniel, uh, thanks very much for being here with us today on on Matt Connerton Unleashed. Matt, thank you so very much for being so wonderful and having me chat and being a great support and playing our music. I oh, appreciate ha- it very, ha- very much. Sometimes it's scary out there in the music business. I, yes, it is. <laughs> We're going to play this uh, track, I Want That Superman Song, uh, or I should say it's I Want, and then in parentheses, that Superman song. This is a, a favorite of mine, and this is, of course, a new version of it for this uh, for this CD, so uh, everybody stick around and listen to that. And uh, mm-hmm. thanks, Daniel.
and strength I want to kiss Superman In a telephone I want to kiss Superman Imagine your new bathroom A sparkling new tub A modern shower conversion A seamless new wall All done in as little as a day Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. The Just Because deal. Hey, oh, what's this? Breakfast. From Mickey D's? From me? Yep. Why? Because it's morning and you like McDonald's. Let's eat while it's hot. There's a deal for every act of kindness at McDonald's. The steak, egg, and cheese bagel is back at McDonald's. Order ahead on the app and pick up curbside. Price and participation may vary. McD app download and registration required.